Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 24. I'm your pal, Val, and with me today is the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you today? I'm doing well, Val. How are you? I'm doing awesome, man. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, racing's back, kind of in full sw- swing, and uh, I see that it looks like maybe baseball's coming back. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not excited about it yet, but it, it's coming back for sure. It's going to take me a little bit to get into it. You know, um, uh, side note, you know, I've been doing the Oots uh, baseball, whatever, and uh, working on that and having a lot of fun with that and eating all those chips, and I was like, man – I clicked a baseball set here, and it might not be any baseball. So um, I'm mm-hmm. glad to see baseball is coming back. But it's one of my other other sports I like. So, or as probably most of us have started out collecting baseball cards first, then uh, you know, and going into other sports. But uh, we got a great show. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Chronicles is coming up next month. Um, not that we get a lot of releases, but I'm looking forward to the Chronicles, and maybe we'll talk about some wax. I've seen some rookies selling on Check My Cards, and, and I can go over some of the cards that are moving on Check My Cards now. I see uh, some folks in there with racing now starting to maybe trying to flip, and we will talk about I think the Mojo Break, Mojo Breaks, Mojo Red Redemptions. I think starting. To hit so free plug of the week there, Mojo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Chronicles is slated, I think, for August seventh, if I remember right. One of the things that I kind of get frustrated with, and I see the other sports is, you know, they do those four first off the line boxes, and how there's a you know massive bounty on these things, and all the bots are going crazy trying to get it first off the line, but. You know, NASCAR, we, we kind of get gypped. Yeah, I don't – I think I spent so much time the other day trying to, um, you know, get a box of Bowman Sapphire off the tops and, you know, spent all this time on my phone and just kept thinking, like, why aren't they doing this for NASCAR? Now, have they ever done it? I thought they had once. But do you know, have they so, done a first off the line for NASCAR? Uh, last year during the Prism, they did the white sparkle pack, and okay. for the that's, for the is. dealers, I think if it, I don't know if it's twelve boxes to a case, every case that the dealer got, they got twelve sparkle packs as an incentive. But nothing, you know, already packaged up or maybe a special insert in every pack. So I guess it takes a lot of pre-planning to get that packaged out and boxed and to do that. So, but I sure wish maybe uh, Panini could do something like that. You know, there's not, you know, there's so many on, on demand cards for the other sports and the first off the line for the other sports. It'd be nice maybe to see um, Panini, pull some of that stuff back. Because they used to have the Panini Instant, which is one of the ones that I really enjoyed. They had massively low print runs. So as a collector, they're awesome. But I guess as a company, Panini, you know, they're losing money doing the Panini Instant. But Right. And, you know, not to insult anybody's intelligence, but the first off the line, you know, just to give a recap of what it is, basically if a release is coming out, in two weeks, they'll do a first off the line, say, today, and there's usually either like an added hit or a first off the line exclusive parallel in those boxes. So it's the same product, but typically there is something different that has an added incentive. The people go crazy for it trying to get it off the website, off of Penny's website, and you know, much experience as I have with that, you know, buying, trying to buy multiple boxes of, you know, each one, uh, it's tough. The website doesn't always work. People get frustrated very easily. Um, and it's not just Panini. It happens with Tops whenever they have some of their releases coming out, like the Bowman Sapphire that I mentioned. Uh, but they have these releases, and there's 
people clamoring for them. And there's usually a good flip to them, good resale value, but there's also those added incentive hits. Um, but if they could just get this website, their servers, to be able to handle the traffic, it would be such a much more pleasurable experience. Uh, but I also think if they're looking for something to kind of jumpstart or put some more interest into the racing cards, I think they need to do more first off the line. But, you know, maybe the white sparkle, maybe that was their test run and they weren't happy with the response. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I know a lot of the NASCAR card collectors are driver-specific. So everybody kind of runs and, and tries to get the white sparkle for their driver. And, and I don't know if, you know, all the different uh, – with Prism, for example, there's the driver card, and then it's like one of an all-star, and, and you know, there's like four or five different cards of that one driver. So uh, I know everybody, you know, runs for it and then or, – or, you know, clamors for it, and then when they get it, they're satisfied. They're done. So I don't, I don't see a lot of sales after that. I guess if that makes any sense. So I, I know with baseball, it's you know so highly collected, and you have the folks that are buying it and flipping it, and then you have the wanted or bounties for boxes. You know the people with the bots buying it and flipping it for the baseball and some other stuff. So um, you know the websites, your thing, I. You know, it's very frustrating just trying to get maybe Tops Project 2020s and trying to get those proofs that are, I guess there's 20 of them, whatever, whenever they come out. Right. So I, is Panini sites frustrating? Tops sites frustrating? Uh, I'm sure Leafs is frustrating when they have some of their, I think they do some kind of presidential thing or some kind of auto thing, uh, autograph box or whatever it was. And it's crushing. I still don't know why, you know, being in IT, why they're not using Azure or Amazon's cloud-based so they can ramp up the servers when there's demand for it. But right. anyway, and get off on a tangent. But it would be nice for them to do something like that with NASCAR. I'm more of a set collector than a, a player collector, but then when it comes to the rookies, whatever, I'll try to get them and get them signed. So I'm super excited for Chronicles. I know you have a lot of experience with Chronicles. Uh, this is going to be something new for the NASCAR card collector because we've never seen Chronicles. I don't really collect Chronicles in the other sports. So, you know, the the sell sheet's out, and they've the cards look beautiful. They've got some of the mock-ups for the Crusade and Spectra and Illusions of Bubba Wallace and Haley Deegan and Chase Elliott, the autographs. Um, there's going to be two, I don't say flavors, is a retail and a hobby. And it's kind of, this is replacing Victory Lane. Victory Lane for the last two years have come out in May, June. So this is kind of replacing it. But it's kind of packaged similar where it's eight cards a pack, six cards a box. But Victory Lane was four a box, 16 box a case. That's the same for hobby, and then Blasters, eight cards a pack, four packs a box. So the Blasters is one of those, one autograph or one memorabilia per box. And then the hobby has six packs and look for three autographs and one memorabilia per box on average. So Victory Lane was two autos to two memorabilia per box, so it was four packs. So it's a little, pack is a little bit different. Now, there's going to be some never-before-seen brands in the uh, Chronicles. So, saying in Spectra, Phoenix, Ascension, Cornerstone, Crusade, and more. I would imagine Cornerstone is going to be the one that's the most popular out of this whole, I mean, besides Prime, I mean, but people are familiar with that. But the, as far as the new ones go, I think Cornerstone is going to be the one that everybody walks to. Now, what got me was that score autograph with John Lodano. Yeah. <laughs> that was screaming, uh, was that 1989 or 1990 score football or whatever? Yep. Or was that in my office? And then yeah, he's going to have a, a good card. I just hope, obviously in the mock-ups, 
they tend to use on-card signatures, so I'm hoping that that's the case because of the way that that card is designed. It has that nice little white cloud, uh, that whiteout area. I'm hoping those are on-card, but, you know, we'll see. Now, they have, they being Panini, Donruss is a sticker, but the Prism and Chronicles or Victory Lane were on-card. So these should okay. be on card. Okay. Um, and the prime patches are, are really nice. Um, oh, yeah, and that's always. one of the things I like about Victory Lane. The first year, you got pretty much a one-on-one patch in each half case, which were awesome. You know, they had Monster Energy patches and stuff like that. And then last year, they, they didn't do it. Um, and they put all those prime patches in prime. But the prime patches looked look nice so there are a lot of folks love those big patches of the of the logos of twitter or monster well it's not monster anymore but um you know their brand or you know of course a gray galding panini patch would be awesome yeah i would hope that they would put those in there i'm sure they will but you know i'd like to see them first and then i'd like to see if what they would sell for if it doesn't you know, go straight into somebody's collection. I'd like to see what the price is on those just because it's such a unique first-time thing. You know, we don't have necessarily upper deck patches for hockey cards. You know, this is this is the first time, uh, first time in history, so I'm curious to see what happens with those. Yeah, the sheet metal and the patches for gray galding stuff is pretty, really cool to, uh, to your point where you have the manufacturer in the that makes the product in the product right so um you know a nice piece of sheet metal that spells part of panini would be really cool that you know you could were able to make out or maybe you do like the prime where you i guess you can make the big logo into um you know where they show where it's been broken up, maybe part of the Panini hood instead of being um, fabric, you know, it's sheet metal, and, and then they spell out the Panini on the hood. So I've if been trying I'm, to contact. Go ahead, finish your. I'm, I've been trying to contact uh, that his race team and try to get me some sheet metal. So um, I'll let I, I I can say I tried last year, um, right. Not too far after it was announced. I think I tried last year after the first time that he raced in the Panini car. And obviously nothing had happened to the car, so there wasn't really anything to get rid of. Um, but I can't remember the guy's name that I talked to, but he was super nice and, you know, didn't blow me off or anything like that and, you know, answered emails. And he, he was very nice about the situation. Um but going back to what we were saying about the Panini, possible Panini patches or, you know, relic cards, if I was Panini, if I was, you know, Tracy or Jason Howarth or, you know, whoever, I would try to get some sort of marketing and put a bounty out for the Panini patch cards and say, you know, find me, send them in to us, and we'll give you, you know, another box or a prize pack or something, some sort make some excitement for something that's a first-time thing uh, and see where it goes and see if it adds to an increase in sales. Yeah, I, I like that idea. It made me think of, and I don't know if you saw this on Twitter or not. I think it was on Twitter. Uh, the guy's name is Phil's Pools, and I think he's a player. And he also yeah, had a video yesterday. Where he, he marked the first uh, 10, I think. And if you get one of those in a box and you contact him, he'll uh, give you a prize. I guess it was um, another box or something. And I thought that yeah, was so really he, cool. So, so he's going to have autographs in an upcoming Tops Archives fan favorite set. And he he made a video on YouTube under Phil's Pools, and I highly suggest anybody watches it that has any interest in trading cards just to see the process of how it goes down uh, when players are sent cards to sign but so basically what he said is he would mark I forget what he said he would mark each 
I can't remember if, like you said, it was the first. It couldn't have been the first ten because there's a one of one. So I was thinking maybe it was the first one. So like if it was a one out of one fifty or one out of ninety nine, whatever, that he was going to write on them or that he wanted them. Uh, but yeah, he basically did the the bounty thing himself on his own cards. Um, yeah, he put um, he put Phil's pulls on that one card for for each um, a numbering set or whatever it is. So yes. Okay. Yeah, not to go off, but I thought that was a pretty cool pretty cool video that showed him opening the package from tops, and it shows how the cards arrive, how they're sent, you know, what instructions they get. Uh, like I said, I highly suggest you watch this if you collect cards. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. You know, having done this for so long and seen some of this stuff, you're right. If you have not seen that, if you're not familiar with that, it is a great video because, to your point, he, he's got those you know, 600-count boxes, and he's got the pens, yep. and they tell him what they're due on what, each one. And, you know, he said um, – you know, how long it takes him to do it, whatever. And, you know, it seems kind of glamorous. And, and he said, you know, he, he does enjoy it, whatever, but it's still a little bit of time to sign all those cards for everybody. So it is really cool. But um, so you, it made me think of that, but I think that's a great idea to put some, you know, Tops has the golden wrapper and I know Panini right. does the, the fan uh, VIP in Daytona, but it'd be cool maybe, and I, I think you, I can't remember if you get other products for that as well, but it, it just seems that, you know, that is a different level of kind of chase than entering a 10 digit number or whatever and waiting a couple of weeks or months to find out if you kind of want anything. It's kind of more of that Willy Wonka and the golden ticket. Right. Which, by the way, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I've totally forgot to enter my codes. So now I'm going to have to go find my, find my cards and enter my codes. Yeah. I don't know. You know, if you go out to the website, we can talk about it. I kind of looked it over and there's a whole list of when they draw during the, you know, what week, I guess they draw every week and, and break it down and then uh, what the odds are or, you know, or the different types of prizes they have. And so I'm wondering if now is the best time to enter your codes, if you have a bunch of them maybe, then, you know, right when Dunners came out, everybody was probably entering codes. We have this lull here until the beginning of August. And when Chronicles open, you know, it'll have the codes in it and then there'll be a big influx. So I don't know. Right. I guess the mathematician would have to let me know, but, but uh, I'm with you. I think I need to enter some of my codes. We'll see. I did get a shirt last year, which was um, pretty cool. But back to uh, Chronicles. So there's uh, all kinds of stuff in it. There's all kinds of brands and parallels, I'm assuming, of each. Um, that looks like there's blue, red, purple, gold, and black, a one-on-one for the Chronicles 40-card set. That's the base. And there's subset Ascension. Uh, one in three cards, a 20-card set, score, one in three, 20-card set, and I guess a limited one in three, uh, one per three packs, 20-card set. And there's parallels again, blue, red, purple, gold, black. Phoenix, Crusade, and Titan are one in four, and there are 25-card sets. Also, and I don't know if I said select, but select's one in four. Then the Illusion is one in six. Pedal to the Metal, one in four. Status, one in seven. Those have parallels as well. Green, blue, red, purple, gold, gold vinyl, number to one. And Unparalleled is one in ten. And the Spectra, one in five. That's a hundred card set. And then Unparalleled is a fifteen card set. So I think like you were saying, there's a bunch of stuff in there. Kind of yeah, exciting. For the, like I said, we have, yeah, for the person yeah. that doesn't want the same pack twice, this is definitely the one because it's, I think you could open a case of Chronicles and not be disappointed because I think the mixture would would fall so nicely that every pack, every box was different. And I was looking out at 
uh, Steel City, Blowout, and DNA, which are kind of, I call them the big three. Right. Christopher Bell, Cole Custer, and Tyler Reddick. Uh, they're running about 120 a box. Um, I don't know what the baseball and basketball or whatever, all those come out. So, But I think that's about the price range that Prism comes out at. So, um, I'm going to try to go off a of memory on this one. I'm not going to look it up, so if it's wrong, you know, sue me. But Yeah, all our stuff wanna, is off the cuff, so yeah, I don't, hold, say don't hold us accountable for anything we say. So. That the other sports, I want to say the other sports were three hits, not four. Um, like I said, could be completely wrong, but everything else seems to line up pretty well. Um, I thought, I'm going back to 2018, but I want to say when it was 2018 baseball, I thought it started around 90 a box. Um, so I was a little okay. surprised to see 120, but if I'm right in saying that the baseball was 90 and it was three hits, you're getting four for 120, so that would that would make more sense. Plus, you know, we're two years newer, um, you know, so stuff goes up over time. So it's a little bit more than I thought it was going to be. I thought it'd be right at 100. But if, you know, like I said, if we're talking an extra hit, then the 120 makes sense and kind of falls in line with everything else. Yeah, right now everything is so, so hot. Even the old NASCAR wax is, is hot. But so, you know, if you got the pockets, I guess hobby is the way to go because it looks like the prime jumbo patches featuring 30 drivers and 22 parallels all are numbered two or less, and that's in the hobby. Now, the exclusive for the blaster is going to be green parallels. Is it green? Is it so green of what? Is it like it just says look for bla- blaster exclusive green parallels? Okay. So I guess um, let me go back and look at this other sheet here for green. So green is not uh, in the base. Purple gold. Where is green sitting at? That's a hundred card set there. Em- Emerald pulsar number to five. Oh, neon Just green. The only reason I, ask is, I was gonna say the only reason so, I ask is because with something like prime and cornerstones and what's the other one? The phoenix. Don't imagine getting too many of those hits, those autographs and relics in the retail blasters. That's why I was wondering if the green was maybe exclusive to the Score brand or the Spectra, where there's a bunch of base cards for Spectra. So it says Parallels Green, 1 in 16, and that's for Illusions, Pedal to the Metal, Status. Then there's Parallels Neon Green, Kaleidoscope, numbered to 49. That's in Spectra. That's a 100-card set. I don't okay, see green, so it's probably somewhere in there, kind of okay. like um, the blasters for Dunruss. You got orange, and then you got orange uh, optic as well, where you got one of those. So again, it's totally new for uh, racing uh, card collector. This is the first time that Panini's thrown Chronicles at us, so it's pretty exciting. And then, you know, going off of wax with this whole COVID and not having anything available, prices for NASCAR wax has actually increased. um, The blasters have went up to about $15 a piece, and they were, some of them, some of the big three, they were selling them at $5 if you bought 20. So basically $100 for 20 blasters. But they went up to 14 $15 a blaster during that time. Now, I'm seeing some of that stuff come back down, but Hobby Boxes, that 2018 Prism has been red hot, and I've noticed some of the sales on Check My Cards. Uh, The blasters, they were like $7 a piece or whatever. You know, they were that way at the National. Nobody wanted the 2018 blasters, but it seems like because of the Deegan and the Silvers, I noticed that the silvers are starting to sell better or people are flipping them. And and 
I've seen a couple of my styles where they've taken them and, and doubled them the price on the silver. So, like, Steel City's got 2018 Prism glasses for $15, basically. Do I have any hobby? No. And it seems like that that 2018 hobby Prism is dried up. And I think only one of the companies have the wax, and I think they want it $100. One second, yeah. So they're a hundred dollars, and that's from blowout. DNA does not have any at this time, but they're they seem like they're the only ones with select select hobby. I remember during Black Friday they were in the low fifties. It's a hundred and forty dollars a box for twenty seventeen select hobby box. I mean that's crazy. That's kind of for any sport, let alone NASCAR. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that with a Panini racing product. So um, I know some of the guys are diehard, and maybe they were busting cases of it. They're looking for that black checkered. There's a couple of guys that they just love the black checkered in select. So it was in 2016 Prism Racing. They had that black checkerboard. They were nice looking. And they did as well in 2017 select racing, and they're they're sharp, but they did not bring it in 2018 prism or 19 prism. So um, uh, maybe the guy folks are working on a master set. So anyway, uh, those blasters. Let me see. I don't think they're cheap either. I think they're 15. So I've noticed with everything going on that the cheap NASCAR wax is kind of drying up. Which is a shame because I'm probably not the only one that said, oh, I'll get it one day, I'll get it one day, and kept putting it off. And now it's like not quite out of the price range I was hoping for, but in that, like, it's not too easy to just grab one. Yeah. You know, we've gone over, like, some of the sales in the last, I guess, couple weeks and stuff that I was buying and just kind of hanging on that I thought was, you know, underpriced and – you know, either do a little bit of markup or whatever, but uh, Daryl Wallace Jr. has been moving, and uh, Teresa, I was at a Teresa Earnhardt Day 1 Gold and a Paul Menard Rookie autograph. It was like a dollar fifty for the gold version. I thought for dollar fifty, sure. I, I thought it was, a, you know, worth the $5, so I bumped it to, you know, to 5 and it sold. I don't think I had it. Did I have it a few months? Probably a few months. Uh, and Tyler Reddick's been selling. He had this last race in Talladega. He won one of the stages, and we've talked about him before. He, the kid's really good. He won the championship for folks who don't remember the Xfinity championship back to back last year and the year before with two different teams. And he's running for Richard Childress Racing. He's running the second car behind Austin Dillon's in the probably. I don't know if you want to give him a pecking order. He, he's more of the top dog in Tyler Reddick's second. But uh, somebody came in and, and bought a bunch of the Tyler Reddicks and has been flipping them and, and even some of his autographs, his rookie autographs, which were 2016 Prism. So I think the folks are coming in and they're maybe from other sports and they best, I'm guessing it's basketball folks because they're hitting on the Prisms. I think Prism is like one of the yeah. the key, right, for basketball collectors. Yeah, yeah. So I don't I not like the Prism. Um, I've been buying up if I find cheap silvers or cheap colors, just because I think um, they're pretty sharp if you have them in hand. And and I think the Prism versions of Prism or the silvers or whatever you know, they grade better than the base. I don't know if I told this story. To be that uh, way. Yeah. What's that? It seems to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I sent in eight or nine 2016 Eric Jones base prisms. And then I sent in, I think I had a couple of maybe a red and a silver. And so I sent all that in <laughs> when I get them back. Every one of the base were PSA 9s. I was like, oh, man, you got to be telling me every one of those. But then the Prism Red or the Prism Silver, I think I got 10s on them. 
So I was like, all right, lesson learned. I should have probably sent in right. less uh, prisms as a, you know, toe in the water. So even I've been collecting for a long time and been grading for a long time, and, you know, I make mistakes too. So, um, so, anyway, so that's one of the reasons why I go after maybe the silvers and the, the different colored versions. And then um, one of the other cards that seems to be selling was Wendell Scott. And he's in the 1989 Winter Circle. And if people are not familiar with him, he was the first African-American driver to run in NASCAR. And I think it was from 1961 to 1973. He actually won a race in Jacksonville. He's in the NASCAR Hall of Fame, I think. He was inducted a few years ago. Uh, unfortunately, when this guy passed away, I think it was 91 or 92 maybe. But he won that race in Jacksonville. And I probably don't won't do the story justice, but it was in Jacksonville, and it was I think it was late December. And back then, the if it was like in '62, is counted towards the '63 season because it started in late December and then stopped for a while and then started back up. But he was an underfunded team, and you know basically it was him and his kids were his crew chief. And back then, you actually drove the car you were going to race to the race. You didn't really have a trailer or any of that stuff, but they, the scoring was nowhere near like it is now with all computerized and everything else. So family members or whatever kept track of the different cars. And when you have a short track, they start looping and start lapping. And But anyway, he was not credited for the win. Buck Baker was actually credited for the win. But then after the trophy was awarded and everything else, then Wendell was declared the winner. And the story goes that he never got the trophy. Uh, NASCAR did give him a replacement trophy. I don't think it was the same exact one. And Buck Baker's family said they, you know, nobody knows where that trophy is. But he, Wendell Scott was credited to for the win. And uh, like I said, he's in the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Uh, and his rookie, he's actually in the 89 winner circle, like I said, in the 1989 max set. The 1989 max set, he's in like this little – uh, subset inside the full set, but in the winner circle is one of my favorites. Is was a an issue that was given away at nine different tracks. It's a forty five card set, five cards at different tracks. So you got five cards in one track. You had to go to another track, and you got five different cards. And it's say no to drugs. And there was also a program to uh, and schools in North Carolina, I think they could sign up and get cards as well. So it's a real tough issue. It's black border. Uh, and um, so I'd seen like three of those sell through on check my cards. So, but those, those are kind of the racing sales that I've seen recently. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I mean, cause we talked before we started recording that story of uh, Wendell cause you know, I still consider myself an outsider and, that's a name I had not heard before, uh, so it was definitely something I'm going to look into now. Yeah, he um, he was from Danville, Virginia, and his, his kids, or grandkids, I think there might be a museum there. I have not been there yet. I, it's on my list to do. Um, when I went to the African-American Museum, I they have a sports room or area, and I looked for him there. They, he was not there. I asked one of the gentlemen about him, and they didn't know anything about it or about him. When I And I did talk to the Wendell Scott family at one of the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, and he said that the only thing they have is Richard Pryor's driver's suit from the movie Grease Lightning. Um, so, I, you know, he, I think the African-American Smithsonian could do, a, you know, a, a better job of – him, but he's in the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and um, you know, I think they, uh, what was it, there was a TV show on, is it Timeless? There was a two-part episode that had to do with Wendell Scott, um, and that, and I don't know if I should say this or not, but basically the director, I, when I was talking to one of the family members, the director that did Creed 2, he's, maybe he's working on, or he was investigating about possibly doing a story of the family, or not the family, but Wendell, Scott, Wendell Scott's um, story. And I think there's a, 
book as well called, I want to say it's called Hard Driven. I read that book. That was really good. It's called Hard Driving, the Wendell Scott Story. And that was published in 2009. The, the author is Brian Donovan. And that was, like I said, an interesting um, book. He was majorly underfunded. I think there was a story in there about them. He ran Ford and, and maybe Ford trying to, you know, or him being a Ford factory, because back then Ford had factory teams like Holman and Moody. The Wood Brothers are out of Virginia. They run Ford as well. And some of the stories go that Wendell needed something, but um, he would get used parts or car chassis from prior years from other shops, if that makes sense. So say if it's a 65, everybody's running 65 Fords, and he's, trying, and he's running 64 Fords. So um, I think one of the stories was that he needed some parts, and then when he went to the Wood Brothers, um, he got some parts, and one of the parts that he really needed was a, you know, a new part in that, in that stack. So um, I, th- I think some of the teams helped him as they could, but um, again, you don't want them too good because you don't want them him beating you. So, uh, you know, as a competitor, so uh, it's a good book and it's a really great true story worth everybody knowing about. So, if you want to talk about or wrap up with the the Dunruss redemptions? Okay, we, yeah, we can do that. So, we talked on a previous episode. We're on 24, so it might have been 20, 21, something like that. We talked about the Blaster. It looked like it was a Blaster retail exclusive um, redemption program through Panini where if you bought, and I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but if you bought and submitted the wrappers from retail packs, um, it was something like 25 packs or something like that. Do you remember the number? I believe it is 20. I'm double-checking it right now because it's in my browser history. Send in 20 retail wrappers along with a check or money order for $4.95. So basically, I think you got seven per blaster. So you needed basically three blasters. So basically $60 and $5. So $65 for a pack of Red Mojo's. Um, So five cards. You're talking $13 a piece per card average. Um, oh, wow. I've seen them start popping up on the Nuts Facebook group. Um, and then they're also on eBay and just kind of glancing. Uh, there's one eBay seller that has them listed. I forget the terminology. It's a basically one listing with everybody that he has available. Um, but cheapest I saw was about 10 or $11 a card, but there I saw a couple that were up above $100. So I know we talked and said these were going to be pretty short printed. Um, don't believe they're numbered. And I don't think I would be surprised if the print run gets released. Uh, but I think this is one of those things where the driver collectors if you see your driver pop up one time on eBay, you better smash it up while you can because I don't think I, – I don't know if you'll get another chance. I think these are going to be really hard to find. Yeah. Um, uh, Logan's a friend of the show. He, he, he bought a bunch. I think he's got 10 packs coming, and he said he hasn't heard anything yet of them shipping. So I think with everything going on, there was a delay naturally. But it's awesome that those are starting to hit. I'm still trying to find some more Dunruss retail by me so I can at least buy – I think I bought one blaster, buy two more blasters, so at least I could get the Red Mojo pack. But they're awesome, The that optic. it's a, I think it's a 100-card set, and uh, I still love the optic. I think that's, you know, the regular or the silver – I'm curious. I heard somebody said, you know, in basketball where Prism right now is the king, but, you know, could Optic overtake Prism in time? You know, what's considered the better card to have. So, Right. And it's one of those things where Prism is definitely one, and it, it will be a while before it gets knocked off. But it's close to 
Prism being 1A and Optic being 1B, and this is a complete personal opinion, I wonder if it has anything to do with, with Prism. It's just Prism by itself. But with Optic, Optic is like Topps Chrome to Topps for Optic and Donruss. Uh, I probably said that wrong. So like how Topps has the base flagship set and then they do a Topps Chrome version, Optic is like the Topps Chrome version of Panini's Donruss. Yes. I always just kind of wonder if because there is a essentially a Chrome and a paper version, if that ever has any sort of impact on something like that. Because it seems like Optic kind of not came out of nowhere, but had a big charge the past couple of years, and it could have been the rookies that were in the class. It could have been completely rookie-related for basketball and has nothing to do with anything else. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the Optic is a pretty nice pretty nice runner-up, we'll say, for Prism. Um, but as far as pricing goes, there's they're, they're, they're pretty close, uh, at least in the other sports. So Yeah, I'm looking at the... Optic Red Mojo, and that design, that pattern in there really makes it look very nice. And I think, you know, you're right about that kind of parallel to the base Dunruss. And, you know, there are a few rookies in that Dunruss set, Haley Deegan and, of course, the Derek Krause, which I don't know if I talked about him before. I, I like him. I went out to a sports lots and was buying a few of his 2019, I think it's next in line, and and maybe some of his 2020 rated rookies. Of course, you know, I'll have to send some of those to the shop and get, get him to sign. So that's the other thing, too, is I didn't tell you about this before, but um, I think now is probably a good time to start sending cards to the shops. I did see uh, a friend of the show sent me an image that Haley Deegan had put out where she's signing. She's got about five or six, maybe eight items on her desk, and there are cards. Of course, you know, they did the no-no. They have the paper clips to the paper or the envelope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, but she looks like she's signing, and I was going to send some naturally to Richard Petty. And um, oh, and full disclosure, the 2019. I saw this the other day, and I haven't sent it off yet. But it was a 2019 Prism National Pride, and it's Bubba Wallace and the car and Mount Rushmore. I think is behind it. It's actually a beautiful card, and I went and bought a few of the Prism silver version and I'm going to try to send those off and have him sign those. I think they'll be actually uh, absolutely gorgeous. So like I said, now maybe it might be the time to start ramping up and sending cards out to the rookies to Tyler Reddick and John Hunter Nemechek and guys in the truck or the Xfinity series and, um, you know, get these signed. I'm sure we've talked about maybe before, make sure you powder those or do something to take the gloss off of them. So, Sorry, I, bet, I went on a tangent for everybody, but, you know, I'm always, always trying to let you guys know what I'm doing, you know, kind of full disclosure, and, and also, you know, probably giving you guys ideas that maybe you're not thinking about. And that's usually what I don't even want to say investing, but, you know, trying to beat the trend or whatever is thinking about what people are might be doing next, um, not necessarily to in, invest, whatever, but, I think we talked about this before, Jason. If I can, you know, buy a couple things and flip them and then use that for my PC or whatever, um, you know, it just helps try to make this a little more affordable, I, could, I guess. Right. And, um, you know, like you said, full disclosure, I'm not afraid to admit things. Like, I'll be the guy at Walmart clearing the shelves on a product, and I'll be the guy – that's happy that I flipped the card on check out my cards for 50 cents. And if I bought it for 25, you know, so I'm not the high end guy by any stretch, but I'm going to try to, you know, fund my collection as any way that I can, especially if I can flip and not take money out of my own pocket, you know, so, uh, you know, I'm right there with you. I'm going to, 
hustle a little bit and then, uh, you know, enjoy the spoils if I can. So, yeah, no, I've uh, done that and I've done pretty good. I would say I don't even know if I guess maybe we haven't talked in a while, but there was a Harry Deegan 2019 celebrity signatures and it's an EPAC exclusive. So if you heard this one already, you had to do something special on EPAC to get this celebrity signatures, and there's only 25 of them. Now, there's not numbered. I think Upper Deck totally dropped the ball with that. But if you know the card and, and whatever, so somebody had the card and check out my cards, and they put it to auction on eBay. I bid it on eBay and won, and then I was able to use my money from checking my cards and pull it into checking my cards and into my account. Okay. Granted, you had to pay more money than what you wanted for on eBay to use your checkout my cards funds, but it was you know whatever the percentage is. It's right. I don't know if it was five five or ten percent or whatever you know whatever it is. It's because check my cards hits you when you kind of cash out, and I guess they consider it like that. But anyway, you know I was able to do that because you know. To your point, doing these kind of maybe these little flips, you know, you you buy it for five dollars and you sell it for ten. Right. You know, if it's if it's if it's small or, um, I think I picked up I think I picked up a first or second year Kevin Harvick it must have been second year for seven cents. You know, the guy's a future Hall of Famer, and at seven cents, I, you know, and I think the next one's selling for a dollar or dollar fifty. So you put it out there for dollar. 40 whatever and or a dollar and, and if it sells great if not I, you know i got seven cents in it so seven cents yep. anyway so you know yeah you do kind of have to you know there's some risk involved it's not all guaranteed but i'll take the seven cents risk as opposed to the hundred or two hundred dollars Zion. you know oh i'm, I'm totally with you a hundred percent on that and again you know if you guys are the hundred or two hundred dollars Zion, so you knock yourself out I, this it's um I guess it's all your stomach for risk. So, so I don't know if you have any more topics you want to talk about, Jason. Uh, no, nothing I can think of right now. Gone on for a while here and give everybody back some time. I guess we had talked about this a little bit, or maybe we didn't. I, the last, I think it was two episodes. I had attended some Panini Q and A's. Basically, if you're not on Twitter, or Twitter, I would recommend. Um, Panini posted some invitations to attend a Q&A with the driver through Panini, and you had to um, just reply back maybe with your favorite race moment or whatever, and they, I guess, drew some names, and you would uh, could attend the Zoom call. So those, I recorded those in the last two episodes. One was, first one was with Greg Galding. The next one was Cole Custer and then Greg Alding again, which they're actually pretty interesting. I didn't realize these guys, well, I assume they did collect stuff when they were kids, So, and they do talk about that. Uh, I'm going to try to work on having Greg Alding on the show, so i got to work and try to schedule that and, and get him on. And if anybody has any questions for Greg to let me know, I'll forward them on. But uh, he's a real interesting kid, nice guy. Uh, I remember him from 2012 Fanfare. He his first card is in that, and his sponsor at the time. And this is the reason why I know because it was Krispy Kreme. And if you if you eat donuts or you're around Krispy Kreme or remember the craze about Krispy Kreme, I guess it was 10, 15 years ago, then uh, with their stock or whatever. So that so I always remembered that um, him in the 2012 fan, Press Pass Fanfare uh, with his autograph card. So. So I'm not I'd say, lie. not gonna lie, I don't know who uh, who I'd pick his, his favorite, my favorite sponsor of his, than being between Krispy Kreme and Panini, the tough card. <laughs> yeah, I think he's got two of my favorites right there. So yeah, being in the South, we got Krispy Kremes almost everywhere. So, but I would say I recommend you uh, check those out if you haven't already, and also. Uh, if you're on, if not on Twitter, to to maybe uh, jump on Twitter and just follow the Panini America Twitter channel. So uh, just in case they have some more of those. 
I guess we we can leave from there. I don't know, Jason. You have any final words? Uh, I do not. Um, I guess I'll take that back. We talked about the red mojos, and I, I think originally we said we thought maybe they'd be like a 25 print run, uh, but with everything that happened and the store shelves being as clear as they were so often, I'm almost wondering how many people actually redeemed them. Because if they're like me, they didn't even realize it. So I would I would invest in those red mojos, especially somebody like Deegan, uh, where it's probably going to be out there, like I said, once or twice. And if she does well, it'll just continue to go up. So that's my yeah, advice. She re- yeah, she ran the ARCA race at Talladega. And I think she's second in points, or she was second in points, and she ran a pretty good race. Her car was not the greatest, and she got kind of hung out with the super speedway. You have to kind of draft, and she was trying to make a move, and nobody would let her in, so she, you know, she kind of went back to the back on that lead lap. But, uh, you know, there are some other rookies in that as well. And it says quantities are limited, so whatever that means. But uh, I think – to your point, I, I think if you have the wrappers, you need to definitely send them. And if you're close to getting the wrappers, you probably – I need to try to figure out where I can get a couple more wrappers to uh, send in. I'd love to have a pack. So, Right. Uh, they're, they're pretty sharp. So, But thank you, as always, Jason. Always a pleasure talking with you and getting um, your experience. Anywhere they can uh, follow you? Um, yeah, you Dean Martin. Pretty much anywhere, it's Jason Dean Martin, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I don't do a ton on anything, but uh, I'm out there. Okay. And then I'm on Twitter probably most of the time. You can always hit me up. I had some of the friends of the show hit me up on Twitter asking um, some questions either about WAX or maybe they were looking for, you know, maybe not so they doing best, but some folks to collect and uh, and I don't mind answering those. So uh, it's at NASCAR radio uh, naturally. And um, also I'm part of the hobby roundup. It's a Saturday show from 11 a.m. Eastern 8 a.m. Pacific. And then there's a Monday show, which is at night for more of the West coast, but it's 8 p.m. Eastern 5 p.m. Pacific. Um, I'm not on every every week, right? So we kind of rotate with, with some of the other guys. So it's really cool if you have questions. That's another place to call in. Again, I don't have to be on there. You guys can call in to the other folks. Um, so it's a really good group of guys. Again, thanks for listening. And please, if you share the podcast and subscribe, appreciate it. And I guess we will catch you next week. All right. Sounds good.